Let's ride. All right, welcome back to week four of Pathways. And today, uh, arguably our most exciting episode and podcast thus far with the inbound New England Free Jacks head coach for the 2021 through 2023 seasons, Ryan Martin. Uh, Ryan's a man who's meticulously detailed, strategical, hardworking and passionate in nature. I'm pumped to have him on board. Um, he's got a hell of a story and we're going to explore that, his background, what he's going to bring to the Free Jacks and so on today. Um, Ryan, mate, officially appointed. How exciting is this? Tell us how you're feeling about the appointment um, and how it's going with balancing all your different roles you've got at the moment. Um, yeah, mate, how are you feeling? Well, firstly, thanks for uh, thanks for this opportunity to talk. Um, now, I'm pretty pumped to be honest. It's uh, it's been a cool process uh, that we went through um, in the in the interview. Um, I really enjoyed that. Actually, it was uh, throwed a couple of interesting questions out that I've never kind of come across. So that was cool. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited. Like looking at um, looking at the MLR and especially obviously the the free jacks. I'm pretty pumped around. Um, where they're at at the moment and for me it's like a startup business it's it's exciting times we're kind of able to come in and uh, and maybe do some different things and and uh, test the waters around a few ideas I've got um, but yeah I've been watching a lot of a uh, lot of MLR games actually I go to Les Mills gym here and jump on the cross trainer and throw a game on so I've, I've actually really enjoyed the games I think there's um, some cool things some good players um, high profile players over there at the moment um, and it's actually quite interesting because having worked uh, with the Rebels in Australia and now back in New Zealand with Otago, there's there's a significant amount of interest around the MLR from both Australia and New Zealand. There's almost an intrigue around what's going on there. So I think the MLR is in a really good space around that. And I know Australia especially are definitely going to got their eyes on on the competition and, and having a look at the direction of it. Yeah, mate. Awesome. And it does, and we'll touch on that, but it does work really well with those Southern Hemisphere uh, competition structures and dates um, with MLR. But, mate, so you're from South New, South New Zealand. You're captain yeah. of Trade Boys High School. Um, yeah. and you guys tied the, uh, the national secondary school final against Rotorua Boys High School. Uh, you captained the team with Richie McCaw uh, in that instance. You've taught for 17 years. Um, coached the Tiger Boys High School, 64 wins on the trot with them over a five-year tenure. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, assistant coach for two years with the New Zealand Barbars. Head coach of the Barbars for one year. Otago attack coach for the last three years in the Mitre 10 Cup. Ranfurly Shield winners. And currently uh, Melbourne Rebel Skills and kick strategy coach, mate. So hell of a resume. Uh, what can we expect? What are you, you going to bring to the Free Jacks? What are you excited about? Um, I mean, it's sort of been a bit of a journey to get to this point and you're, you're well equipped with the tools to uh, take on this next challenge. Yeah, I, I think um, probably going back to, to how you started around my background, um, I, um, I'd actually become a father when I was 18 years of age. And um, to be honest, that was the greatest thing uh, to happen to me as a young fella and, and gave me a real passion and drive, which I believe got me to where I am today. Um, I ended up looking after my daughter full-time and, and went on a benefit in, in the New Zealand system over here. And it gave me a real appreciation appreciation of having to scrap out of a hole. Um, and obviously not being a, an ex-professional rugby player, when you go into the coaching world, um, the only way you can go up is through player development and, and the, t the success of your team. There's actually no other way. Um, so 
I suppose I'm, I'm a little bit of an anomaly or an outlier in the New Zealand system, um, having not played professionally and, and obviously coaching professionally now. Um, but I, I think that's giving me the, that that's my real strength. Um, 17 years in the education system and in around teaching and learning. Um, and, and the biggest eye opener for me was when I did come into the professional world of coaching uh, four years ago, um, I realized pretty quickly that uh, everything is actually just a race to learn. And so on a Monday, when you turn up for, for a match on a Saturday, you, you're now in a race with the opposite coaches around which, which team learns the most. And um, I almost had a chuckle to myself because that's my home. I've been doing that for 17 years, teaching and learning. Um, so in terms of what do I bring to the, to the table, um, I, I bring a really in-depth understanding around working with people rather than players. Um, I have a passion around making players better and, and skill acquisition. And I always kind of have a saying, um, to ask for a hand, you have to touch your heart. Um, so I like to get an emotional connection um, first and foremost with, with each player. And then that leads into what you can do um, with the team. Um, and uh, probably one of my biggest things is um, coaching knowledge is not an advantage in the game anymore. Um, there's so many awesome resources online. Uh, you can go to any courses. Basically, you can get any resource you need to, to successfully coach. But uh, I think the game's flipped now to intent and it becomes around the hows and the whys. And um, uh, one of my favourite things that I like to um, kind of use is it's better to have 15 people on the field doing something simple but with awesome intent rather than seven people knowing what they're meant to do, eight not too sure and not getting that intent. Um, and I really think the game's gone that way. Um, just looking especially at the Super Rugby Aotearoa and obviously the Australian version as well, uh, intent is huge. And if, and if your team knows how and why and there's awesome engagement through emotional connection, um, I think you're always on to a winner. Yeah, good man. And, and you touched on that skill acquisition and I know that obviously you've your range and your experiences right from there. You've worked your way all the way up from the grassroots, from primary school through high school, uh, New Zealand schools, obviously, and now you're working at super rugby level. So you're, you're skilled in taking players right through that skill acquisition journey. And uh, Major League Rugby is probably a unique challenge in that you've got players who have played for a long, long time and are highly skilled and those that are just coming into the game. And it's a, it's a challenge that a lot of coaches struggle with. And not only the players, but you've also got to upskill the coaches. And would you imagine that that's probably going to lend itself quite nicely to, you know, what you're going to face come November 30th, 2020? Totally. That, that was what excited me around the opportunity. Um, I actually had a similar role with the Asia Pacific Dragons in Global Rapid Rugby um, in 2019. And, and a lot of, a lot of what we did in Singapore was actually to work with the grassroots. and They'd never had a professional entity around a rugby team in Singapore before. And what I wanted to do was create real pathways. So everyone talks about pathways uh, for the domestic players. But um, the, the way to do that was we actually took our team around the clubs and we trained um, with, the, with the club teams. So at nighttime, the, our professional team, the Asia Pacific Dragons, would turn up to a club and literally train with them, like body on body. Um, and we got some huge goodwill from that and huge um, shifts in the players to the point where we ended up having three Singapore local players um, play a professional game in, in global record rugby. And uh, to, to give you an indication of the level, we played the Western Force, who are currently now back in Australia AU and doing really well, pushing all those professional teams. Um, we lost a match to them in Singapore 7-3, uh, 
and we had two Singapore players on the field. So I was probably most proud of the fact that we gave a genuine, authentic pathway uh, to the domestic players. And that that's a lot of what I see uh, happening in the States. And what I'm, what I'm really passionate about is having an open door policy, but also having the ability to actually work at the, at the coalface, which is my passion. Obviously, coming from there, I have a real appreciation of what that looks like um, and not just lip service to those entities as well. So that, that's, that's huge for me um, around us creating a, an environment where there are pathways. As soon as there's true pathways, I think the supporters recognise that um, and that's where you get the buy-in buy sorry, from your supporting group because if they know that, um, you know, little Jimmy down the road potentially could be a professional rugby player. They get pumped around the product that they're supporting. Um, and that's what I'm probably most excited about. Yeah, that's spot on, Ryan. And I've seen you at the coalface and Otago Boys High School is probably a pretty good example of you working pretty hard at the coalface to create something pretty special. Um, and the success largely over the last 10 years is, is for a big part down to yourself and you had a few pretty unique and, and out of the box ideas and ventures mate can you talk about some of those like the, the lunchtime trainings um you know you got you had those guys working harder than anyone else and you know any near proximity tell us about that yeah so when i went to Otago boys uh got employed there in 2010 being an old boy i, I knew um, how important the success of the rugby program and the school was for the demeanour of the community and, and for the, the overall feeling in the school. Um, and I was a little bit disappointed at, at the state that they were in when I turned up. So I, we, with one of our key leaders, I, I came up with a mantra, never worship talent, worship work, work ethic. And we were never going to be able to compete nationally in New Zealand with some of the top private boys' schools with their rugby programs, their professional coaches. Um, what we could uh, compete with was was work ethic. Um, so we, we we went to work as a group, um, and at times it was um, very 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 challenging for the players. But what it did is it built calluses uh, on their brain and um, and their thinking around um, you know how what is hard work, what does it look like, what does it feel like, and what that did is created a snowball effect um, amongst their peers. So the initial group that started um, with that, that training ethic in mind kind of created a really cool culture. Now, um, young men want to want to look good. They want to be physically fit. Um, so it was a real easy re easy way to, to create a pathway for guys that uh, wanted to come into the program. And we started with what we called a sport class, which was basically inside, their, um, inside the timetable at school. They would choose um, sport class, which meant they could train in the gym under my tutelage and we started with one class and when I left the Taylor boys in 2018 we had six classes just essentially 150 boys on on individualized training programs which is pretty phenomenal and, and maintain a pretty cool decade in a Taylor boys history around um, success and the success wasn't just the the success of the team obviously you talked about the 64 game winning streak uh, we went to the national top four four times um, we held the Ranfley Shield of Schoolboy Rugby for 50 games. Um, but it was also th the success individually. So we provided uh, 28 boys to New Zealand schools and New Zealand barbarians, which is the most of any school in New Zealand. Bearing in mind, we're competing with some schools that are four or five times bigger than us and privately funded as well. So for me, that was, that was huge. Um, the thing I loved the, the most, which, which people don't tend to talk about, 
was any given Sunday uh, in Dunedin Club Rugby, uh, boys who had left the Tiger Boys, we would have 40 or 50 of them playing locally in the Dunedin Premier Rugby competition, giving back to the clubs and the community. Now, to me, that's real success because it's easy to measure it on, obviously, the team and the guys that go on to get the contracts. But do people in your program go on and add value at a grassroots level? And that's that's probably what I'm most proud of is, is there's a real love for the game um, and a love of giving back and, and, and helping others. So I've been around clubs over the last four weeks as my role with Otago and it's actually awesome because uh, a lot of the coaching groups have an, have an Otago boys flavour and they're doing a lot of the drills I do in the same language and it's it's just gold. Yeah, you know half of them. Correct. Good stuff and uh, Ryan mate that, that's awesome. Um, if you've had a few amazing experiences now one of them being the Ranfurly Shield um, you guys won and retained that 2018 uh, for nine games, I believe. Tell us about sort of that experience um, from from your side of things. Yeah, the, the, the Shield uh, is probably the most significant trophy in New Zealand rugby. Um, and it, it has a very rich and proud history. And to, to win the Shield um, is bigger than the game itself. It's around it's around communities. People just, it's very hard to explain what how it um endears communities to, to, to this, um, what they call the lower wood. But for us to win it in 2018 was, was significant. Um, we're, we're a pretty undermanned team in terms of physical size. And I think at the time we may have been, had four or five super rugby players, whereas the team we beat Waikato, um, either had double, I think they may have had 11 or 12 super rugby players in their team. And so we had to be smarter around um, how to beat teams like that. And, and what I was probably most proud of is, I invented an attack system um, that wasn't based around shape. It was it was based around lanes across the field, and it, it, it manipulated who you wanted to touch the ball the most in your team. Um, but also, um, I'm a real fan of everyone in the team. So once set piece is being completed, there's actually no positions. To, don't worry about the number on the back of your jersey. We all just are dynamic carry cleaners, um, and I think that builds a real cool culture in your team. If, I would personally, I've never played there, but I'd hate to be a prop or locks and my whole job is just to hit breakdowns. Because firstly, um, the breakdowns in the modern game are absolutely brutal. The inertia of force in there is, is not fun. Uh, and secondly, if you're continually sending those those big fellas into those collisions, um, I, I believe you're, you're shortening their, their career. Um, so to, to play a style where, where you're not just going into brick walls and what I say, putting your head into the spokes for no other apparent reason is madness. Um, so that's probably what I was most proud of when we won it. We won it in a way that um, we, we outthought out a, 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 a superior physical team to, to what we had. And um, it was a real interesting year, uh, 2019, because no one expected us to hold it. Every game that we had a Renfrew Shield challenge, which is when you play at home, um, you know, everyone was kind of thinking, well, this is the last time I'll hold it. So for us to get through to the, the very last match of the season when we did lose it to Canterbury, who are a superpower in New Zealand rugby, um, but they had to take it, you know, we went down fighting. It wasn't, uh, and I was proud of our team. Um, and to to, uh, to have a little bit of, um, to be part of, of the Ramsey Shield for me and, and be in its history is huge. My grandfather actually won it in 1935. So it was it was pretty cool um, to have a connection through that as well. Yeah, awesome, mate. And um, Ryan, you, so it's been announced today, 
New England Free Jacks head coach for 2021 through 23. You're taking over from Josh Smith and uh, from Josh Smith, who's done a fantastic job with the team thus far, 2019-2020 with the Curra Cup exhibition season. Uh, and he's going to be moving into a head coach of the independence role. Um, so he's still going to be a big part of the franchise. We've got a very exciting roster coming together for 2021 um, and an announcement coming around the corner on Thursday. Without telling too much, what can you tell us about that that squad that you're beginning to assemble? You've been sort of in the background working for the last month or so, pulling strings and putting that together. Um, yeah, mate, tell us a little bit about that. I know you're, you're excited about it. Oh, totally. So, so just to straight away, um, my whole recruitment po- uh, policy is recruit, recruit for character um, and train for skill. So it was really important um, for me to look at the person coming in. Um, are they um, going to add value to the organisation? And, and that's a big word because when I say organisation, I'm talking about all the off-field staff, um, our community, um, people, our supporters, uh, I'm not bringing in mercenaries um, who are, are just coming in selfishly to, to collect their money, have a cool lifestyle in Boston and then leave. I'm wanting a guy that's bringing in, we're going to connect, we're going to help our domestic players, we're going to create pathways um, and add value to what's been a, you know, an awesome organisation to date. Um, so that, firstly, that's, that's basically the premise I've used. Um, I, I think we're, we're in an interesting time around the world with COVID that European and South American markets are in a little bit of disarray. So what, what that's helped with our recruitment is um, being able to have some pretty awesome conversations with guys that maybe normally wouldn't be available. Um, so in terms of looking at it from an MLR perspective, um, we're, we're lucky in, in what COVID has potentially done to some of the other competitions around the world. So in saying that, um, some of our recruits uh, have been proven international performance um, and also in Super Rugby, we've got some guys that have have not only played Super Rugby but actually dominated in that competition. And that was important for me. If any, When, when you're recruiting, you need to bring somebody in who is what essentially world-class in their, in their position and that's where you get the first a bit of respect. And then secondly, as I mentioned before, is this person able to come in and, and add value to the organisation. Um, is he going to be able to help in a, in a coaching role and, and upskill and show what a professional uh, professional player's lifestyle is like and, and upskill around that? Um, so ticking all those boxes, um, I believe we, we've got some pretty exciting guys who are going to add massive value um, along with, with the squad that was already in place. And obviously, uh, you know, part of, it, of it, the head coach role is you need to identify the profile of the team and the way you want to play the game. Um, so once again, I've been in a great situation knowing how I like to play the game and I've been able to look at players' skill sets um, and profiles around being able to play that type of rugby. So that's probably pretty exciting as well. Yeah, nice, Ron. And uh, we've been, uh, everyone will have just seen a few clips emerge, halftime chats um, within the modern 10 Cup for Otago. Uh, you, you do like to have fun with it, um, yourself and Tom Donnelly, Lee Allen, who's actually with Atlanta. Um, so tell us a bit about sort of your coaching philosophy. You, you'd like to have a bit of fun with it. Um, you talked about pathways. What exactly do we need to do within the club game with the coaches uh, to, to, to help with those tangible pathways, taking people from the players, from the grassroots level all the way through to the professional realm? Um, Tell us what we're going to see from Ryan, both at the you know halftime interviews 
Major League Rugby Games 2021 as well as day-to-day sort of at the coalface as you're so familiar with? Yeah, I'm really passionate around um, changing the game. I think we get stuck in rugby cliches. Um, we get stuck in what other people are doing. I'm really passionate about innovation and doing things differently. Um, and I learned a lot of that from Ben Hearing, my, my head coach at Otago. He, he's he's one of the most out there people you'll ever meet. Um, and I, I get, I've got a real appreciation of um, not getting stuck in that in the cliches of rugby. I think it's really easy to. Um, so in saying that, um, going back to how I started this podcast, it's around intent. Um, and that, that's, that's our, our field staff as well. Um, it's about us um, getting better uh, as people every, every day and, and uh, maybe having, you know, what's, what's the little quirk that we can use this week that might give us an advantage in the preparation of the team. Um, so if people are expecting, a, you know, uh, a run-of-the-mill head coach that, that that's not going to be happening. I'll be um, putting some pretty challenging ideas out there. Um, we'll be having some fun with the way we play the game. There's going to be some things that people have never ever seen before. Um, I think um, we'll be a, a team that uh, that uh, embraces um, new ideas. We'll we'll be challenging ourselves each week to to be at the forefront of, of this competition, but also I want people internationally looking at us and saying, wow, what's going on there? Because it's pretty special. Um, so I think for me, um, energy is the currency of performance. Um, so you're going to see a, a pretty energetic uh, team. Where that's that's the first marker that we'll be um, measuring ourselves on. And um, I always kind of like the a saying that Wayne Goldsmith, he's a motivational speaker in Australia, talked about, and he said strong teams and weak teams actually have the same things on the wall. Um, if you go to any organisation, <clears throat> the bottom team of the league or the top, everything is basically the same. It's the people um, and the engagement and the emotional connections um, and the energy that, that is the only difference. Um, and I think that's what I'm going to be priding uh, myself and the organisation on, that uh, anyone who comes in to, to be part of us will, will, will feel that emotional connection and, and be thoroughly welcomed um, and uh, yeah as I said there's going to be a lot of excitement um, around how we play the game I think that's really important uh, especially being what I call a startup business you've got to engage people through um, that they look at something that's got a wow factor to it um, so that's probably going to be the, the the big areas I'm going to be looking at doing. <clears throat> Good man and mate I know you're not afraid of hard work currently you're so you're head coach preparing a team, organising a roster for the Free Jacks, as well as that you're preparing Otago for the Mitre 10 Cup campaign, which is about to begin uh, early September. And on top of that, uh, you're still working with the Rebels um, in, that super, in, in that Super Rugby realm, Super Rugby AU, um, breaking down games, coaching from afar. How's that going for you, balancing all of that? Obviously, it's a massive challenge, but it's probably helping you at the same time. Um, yeah. Oh, um, it, it's actually quite interesting. A, a lot of my coaching career, I've, I've actually had multiple roles. So when I was at Otago Woods High School, I was coaching a premier club, men's club here in, in Dunedin. And people would say, oh, you know, is it too much? And I said, no, because a coach needs to be like a player. That The more you coach that and do with different teams, um, the better you get. There's just no hiding from that. Um, and I've been lucky for the past three years to be involved in multiple campaigns 
um, and just keep sharpening my skills, my delivery, my actually coaching. I'm, I'm really passionate about getting better every week. Um, and I'm in a great space at the moment, um, working with the Rebels uh, under Dave Vessels, who is, I highly, highly respect and um, is probably one of the most intelligent um, head coaches I've ever come across. Um, and he, he has extremely high standards um, of preparation from the off-field staff. Um, and it's given me a real appreciation around um, working at that level of the game. Um, so I enjoy, uh, at the moment, I'm working online for the Rebels and I'm really enjoying that. It keeps me sharp. I'm looking at the trends of the game, um, how, we, how teams are acting to the new interpretations of the laws, um, going digging deep into stats and, and looking at some what are the winningest trends happening in the game at the moment. So that's keeping me really sharp around that. And, and uh, obviously, Otago, we're into pre-season mode um, and I'm exploring some brand new um, attacking strategies that have never been seen before. Um, so I'm kind of sharpening my, my uh, coaching around that area of the game at the moment. And then, um, obviously, with, with the Free Jacks, I've really enjoyed the, this uh, challenge of putting the roster together um, and, and having awesome conversations worldwide with, with agents and players and um, I've actually really enjoyed that aspect of it and, and finding out how things are going, where, where they are in their country and, and making really awesome connections. So in terms of workload, um, the day I became a professional rugby coach, I, I don't think I've worked a day yet. Um, I'm just doing stuff I love. Um, I still get out surfing. I'm a, a passionate, passionate surfer. The water's pretty cold here in Dunedin, which is great because then it's not so crowded. Um, so I go out in the water and that's where I get my clear thinking time um, and come up with some of the weird ideas you're going to see <laughs> coming forward but um, no I haven't worked a day since I've become a professional coach to be honest Fantastic Now Ryan you uh, you touched on a little bit about yourself there obviously a big surfer one of the hardest workers I know I know when uh, uh, you talk about those sport classes at Otago Boys High School you were in amongst a lot of those trainings and, and leading from the front of the pack and you're not afraid to put in that work yourself uh, talking about running away on the cross trainer at Les Mills, watching uh, MLR games from 2020. What else can you tell fans about yourself? What, what do uh, you know? What does Ryan like to do? What's Ryan Martin all about? Um, tell us a little bit more about about yourself, mate. Yeah, so obviously mentioned surfing. That's actually a, a huge passion of mine, and maybe in a different lifetime, I would have been a professional surfer. Um, <laughs> that would have been uh, pretty awesome, but. Um, yeah, that's that's huge for me. Uh, being able to have something. I'm not a rugby head as such. I, I love I love the coaching aspect, um, but I think it's important to have uh, other things in your life that that uh, where you can generate stories and 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 come at your team from different angles. So I'm really passionate about um, uh, getting out there and doing things, um, different things, meeting different people. I, I think it helps with your coaching. Um, you know, in Dunedin, after a, a, a match here, you'll get 100 pieces of advice after a match. And I think it's important to listen to, to all 100 and, and, and take it with a smile because of those, my rule is of those 100, you're going to get one gold nugget. So um, I love talking to people and, and seeing their different views and ideas of the game. Um, in terms of family, my, my daughter's uh, 21 now. She's uh, third year at law school and she's doing really well. Um, so she's been flatting. Um, and I have a stepson who's 13, just gone to start at Otago Wars High School, actually, really enjoying his rugby. So um, it's cool watch, just going and watching him play. Um, I have a uh, outdoor spa here. So every night I'll uh, 
head out, put it up to 41.5 degrees, jump in and uh, start thinking up some ideas. So it's quite nice when it's a, a really frosty Dunedin evening, sitting in my spa and conjuring up some ideas for the coming week. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think I'm I'm balanced, a balanced person, um, and uh, I think I'm passionate about making people better. That that's first and foremost for me. So. Uh, as I said, mentioned earlier, I'm pretty excited around making some awesome connections over there and and uh, working with our player group. Oh, good man, mate. I'm very excited to have you in Boston and New England and um, so much to kind of show you and take you through over here. And um, I can't wait to get back to New Zealand at the same time and uh, get involved in that, in that spa pool and uh, a bit of surfing <laughs> with you. Um, before we get into the quick fire questions, let's just go a couple of quick ones. Um, here, I know you had some some good thoughts on both of these points, but what are our players gonna gonna what can they expect from the inbound head coach from Ryan Martin coming in twenty twenty one preseason day one November thirtieth? Um, yeah. yeah, what can our players uh, expect? I think the first thing is um, that they're gonna have um, a coach who actually wants to make them better as a person. I'm not worried about a rugby player that that will come with the betterment of holistically of the, of the player. Um, will we'll come through working with them as a person. So um, the things I'll be looking at is, you know, what does the next level of the game look for them? Um, and, and I want them to be aspirational. Um, I want every single player in the in the Free Jacks to, to want to be better and, and go to the next level of the game or whatever that looks like for them. Um, so I'll be putting some pretty big structures and scaffolding in place for, for that to happen. As I mentioned before, I'm super passionate around skill acquisition. And I believe individually, if the players are getting better week by week, then that collectively that goes into um, into the team ethos. Um, and um, I think that I, coming from where I've come from, I'm, I, I'm really passionate around the emotional connection um, and, and, and players um, feeling connected to something. And it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a location. I, I think as long as we're connected to a purpose, um, so we'll work pretty hard around what does that look like for the Free Jacks. Um, and obviously Boston's got a really rich, awesome um, traditional history, which we'll, we'll obviously be tapping into um, to, to help us with our connection and understanding of of, of the region. But also um, they'll, they, they'll be expected to work pretty hard. Um, I also have a, a bit of a saying that success is a choice and there's an easy way and a hard way. Um, and I always remember Wayne, going back to Wayne Goldsmith, he's, he was a very successful swimming coach. I think he won over 20 Olympic gold medals over a decade, which is pretty significant in a very competitive sport. And he said he could always pick the, uh, the kid who would go on to win, win a gold medal. And it wasn't the, the kid whose parents would come and wake him up early in the morning at 4 a.m. and have his breakfast ready, his hot cuppa, his swimming gear already. It was the kid that would set his alarm half an hour early, go and wake his mum up, have her cuppa ready for her, have his swimming gear prepared the night before, the washing done, ready to go, um, and make sure that mum and dad were, you know, um, all sorted for, then jump in the car and had everything organised himself. He said that that type of attitude leads to success, and um, that's what I'll be expecting of our players. Um, they'll be, we're going to be successful, but we'll be doing things the hard way, um, and work ethic will be at the, the forefront of everything we do. Um, and saying that people tend to get work ethic tied up with longevity or the amount of time. Uh, I actually won a premier banner here with a, with a Dunedin club 
um, and our mantra for the season was uh, train the least, win the most. But when we said win the most, we, we actually broke down winning little moments in training. Um, so yes, we're going to train the least, but let's win everything in the training that the other teams aren't doing. And that mantra um, went on for us to win the banner in 2016 with Kaikurai. Um, so people tend to think work ethic means working for a long amount of time. That's definitely not what I'm about. Um, I'm about getting, get our work done, do it with an intent that no one else is doing. Um, and, uh, you know, get it done before, while other teams are still out on the field. And, and to me, that's a winning culture. So that's going to be important. And that's what the players can, can be expecting when they come into my sessions. Good man. And I know that work ethic sort of mantra you talked about is definitely what Boston's built on the uh, sort of farming on granite. Um, yeah, working really hard, rolling up the sleeves and just doing what needs to be done is definitely what the Free Jacks built, um, pride themselves on. And, and we're very excited uh, to have you in from, from that point of view. Uh, and then I guess to build on that, what can our members expect when they when they leave a Free Jacks game in, in 21? Uh, what can they leave the game sort of thinking, having seen the, t- seen the team played? Uh, I, I have a real simple rule when it comes to, to our members and, and to the people that are supporting the team. And that they must leave with a wow factor. There must be something that they go, wow, what did I just see? Um, I think if they can see that and if they can see a team that rolls up their sleeves um, and uh, win, wins those kind of big moments, the head and the spokes type things, uh, people appreciate that. If, if, if you look at someone who's given their utmost effort, um, if it if it is a currency to, to your supporters, um, whereas if you look down and think, well, hang on a minute, you know, I, could I do a better job than that? And and I think that's where you get that disconnect. So, firstly, I want everyone to leave the ground with a wow factor, and secondly, I want to see them. I want them to look at a team with with massive effort, um, and we just win everything that requires no talent. Um, real simple, and, and something that people can be proud of. And and, you know, we'll have a huge open door policy. I, I, I would expect our supporters and um, anyone involved in, in, in uh, the success of our team and, and supporting us to, be, to feel as though they can come in any time um, and, and feel part of what we're trying to do. Awesome, mate. No, we can't wait to have you in. It's going to be, like you've mentioned, an open door policy built on work ethic. And uh, obviously, your, your range of skills and experiences are going to pay off tenfold. We can't wait to have you, mate. So... Thanks for taking the time. And before we sort of see ourselves off here, um, we'll get into the quick fire section. Um, so we've got three quick uh, questions here that we ask every week. Um, the first one, mission statement. So uh, one thing that Free Jacks pride themselves on is uh, trying to make the world a better place, doing those little things that can sort of help to make the world a better, a better place. So one thing at the moment that you're doing uh, to do just that, to, uh, to make the world a better place. Oh, well, I think um, for me, it's uh, it's what I mentioned before around um, connecting with people all over the world. And at the moment, we've all got a, a shared concern around COVID. And uh, I've been really enjoying the conversations with with uh, all our all the people around the world, the agents and the players, and 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 maybe the the lead part of our conversation was all around COVID and and you know who's doing what and how can we do things better. And I think we've got a hyper a heightened awareness and obviously New Zealand's in a good space around what we've done. So it's been pretty cool to talk to other people in different countries around this and, and build, build a, a shared understanding of how can we beat this thing. Cool. Nicely, nicely said. Um, 
Next one is, is favorite favorite free jack and why. You may not have a favorite free jack yet, but there might be someone that you're excited to work with, someone you're excited to bring in. Um, could be a member of the organization, could be anything. Is, is there someone in particular that you're really excited about moving into the 2021 season? Uh, yeah, there is actually, and it's it's the halfback from last year, John Pollan. I think uh, watching him play, I, I see a guy who's passionate about the organization. Um, I, I see a leader. Um, I, some, I see someone who's inspirational um, and he enjoy. I love, he, he always has a smile when he, when he goes to work and that, that's, that's huge for me. Um, if, you're, if you're playing the game with a smile, then uh, that's a win already. So I'm, I'm actually pretty excited around uh, working with him, to be honest. JP, yep, always a, uh, one of the favourites typically. So yeah, excited to have him back for the next three years. Um, and then the favourite one, Ryan, uh, the last one rather is uh, a stadium song for uh, 2021 for the uh, Union Point Stadium. Have you got a go-to one you like to hear around Forsyth Bar uh, that gets you going pre-game? I'm sure you do. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's actually a great question. Um, I'm a, I am a huge, huge, huge Beatles fan. Um, so I would love to have this, the crowd in full voice singing Hey Jude. Hey, Jude. Good stuff. I'm sure Alex Magleby Magleby will be all over that. And, mate, before we love you and leave you, are we going to see the moustache back in sort of full force for the the season? What are you thinking there? It is cold in Boston. Will it be the full? Will it be be a beard potentially? Will it be a goatee? What are we we looking at? No, it'll be a a full um, brush moustache. I'm a massive fan of 90s hip-hop and I I love... some of the real old school brush moustaches that you'd see in those those old hip hop songs. So, I yeah, think and what about the uh, the cheese cutter? Is that a, is that solely a a Landers thing, or a Targa going to be donning the cheese cutter this year? Can we expect that from you? And yeah, that, that's actually um, gone massive. A lot of the club teams in Dunedin are, are wearing them as well. It's uh, like it's a Peaky Blinders thing that's just infiltrated New Zealand. Um, <laughs> So, I, to be honest, I want to think outside the square. I, I'm actually a, a massive fan of the old school trucker's hat with the mesh. So, I'll, I'll, be, I'll come up with something different, which will be never been seen before. Fantastic, mate. Ollie Engelhart uh, will be all over that, I'm sure, on the merch side of things. Uh, Ryan Martin trucker's hats, please, Ollie. Let's have those ready for, for his arrival. Ryan, mate, thanks so much for, for being on. I know you've got a busy week ahead of you with the announcements and a few interviews to get through, so I won't hold you up anymore. Um, we are pumped to have you in 21 and um, thank you so much for the time today awesome thanks for having mine it's been really enjoyable sweet cheers mate it's the top it's still going flicked field it's champagne rugby from the free jacks let's ride